Hey, welcome to Howcast. I'm pretty quiet this episode because I'm pretty sure the room next door can hear me. So I am coming to you live from Hong Kong where I've been in quarantine for the last seven days. Uh, in Hong Kong, there is a quarantine requirement for any inbound travelers uh, with a minimum of 14 days. So I've got another week to go. When I landed in Hong Kong, it was pretty. It was a pretty smooth process. Uh, all in all, it took about uh, three, four hours uh, from the point that the plane landed until I was on a bus to the hotel. The whole process was very controlled. Um, there were about five stops that you had to go through. Um, you had to download an app. You had to go get uh, get tested, a little nose swab and a throat swab. Then you had to go get your quarantine orders, and then you basically wait for your test results. And that took a couple hours. So Hong Kong is pretty good at carrying out processes and, and systems. Uh, so everything was pretty efficient. Got to the hotel. Um, it's a hotel that's everyone knows. It's been in Hong Kong for a long time. I walked into the lobby for the first time in many years, and everything was just covered in plastic wrap. Not a single square inch was spared. Uh, the the uh, front desk person was, uh, you know, appeared behind this plexiglass barrier. And it just felt like we were walking, or it felt like I was walking into some kind of like sterilized environment. Um, and it was another kind of, uh, it's another reminder of the times that we're in. Anyways, I got to my room. It was, uh, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty decent room. I think it's about 25, 30 square meters probably. Uh, good size for, for just one person. So it's been seven days. Every day, basically, I wake up around uh, 7.30. I wait for them to bring the breakfast. They uh, sometimes ring the bell. Sometimes they just leave it outside on a chair. The The food is not bad, I, go, I suppose. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a scale in the room, which is nice. I hopped on the scale the night that I arrived and it showed 66 kilograms which is funny because when i left japan i was about 82 um, and then i stepped on it again and then it showed 72 kilograms so you know it's learning anyway so in the mornings i have my breakfast i take my pills i brought some vitamin d because obviously i'm not getting any sun my view is of the inside courtyard uh, so don't get a lot of don't get a lot of sunlight um, then uh, then basically I wait for lunch and in the middle I, I do a bit of work I get on some calls with my colleagues in Tokyo um, yeah and then the, the, over the weekend I, I basically just read books and uh, and watch TV the whole time I've been trying to work out every day I got on this workout routine from YouTube, it's like a seven-day high-intensity interval training workout. So every day, it's about thirty to forty-five minutes. Uh, it's been really good. So if you're if you're looking for something like that, I believe the channel is called Growing Ananas. It's a play on the name of the 
fitness uh, of the coach. Her name is Anna. Um, yeah, so so you know, working up a good sweat to try to work off some of those uh, croissants and danishes that they keep throwing at me every day. On the second day, I had to submit a saliva test. So I had to put it outside, then the government sent people to pick it up. Then on the fourth day, I had to do another nose swab and throat swab. So somebody actually came by, and, and I had to sit in the doorway while they, um, while they stuffed a Q-tip in my nose. This is actually not bad, though. I, I remember when I did it in Taiwan, and they literally stuck a Q-tip all the way up my nose, and it tickled my brain, and immediately afterwards, I forgot all the Japanese that I had learned. So, yeah. So COVID tests are not fun. Um, I've got another test coming up on the, I think the ninth day maybe, and then I get out on the 14th day, and then on the 16th day, I have to get my ass over to some testing center to do another test, and again on the 19th day. So, so plenty of Q-tips in my life in the near future. So this morning, I was waiting for breakfast, and they said they would deliver it between 8 and 8.30. Um, it was about 8.40 or 8.45, and I hadn't received anything, so I called down, and I said, you know, I haven't gotten my, my breakfast. And the lady, the one who picked up literally was just like, I'm sorry about that. I will check, and just hung, hung up on me. I had, a, I had a call at 9, so it was a bit annoying, but, you know, I'm in the hotel business, and, and I really try not to be a dick about things. Uh, when I call down, even if I'm calling down to complain, I try to, you know, I try to be really polite and everything. So the breakfast never came. So after my call, it was about 10.30, um, I called down again, and uh, the, it was the same lady, and she was like, I'm sorry about that. Let me check with in-room dining. And that's it. And then, I guess five minutes later, my food gets here, which is already like two hours late. Um, again, I don't want to be a dick about it. Um, you know, shit happens. I'm in the business. Uh, I, I understand that. Lunch came relatively on time. Um, they, it was it was within the range that, that they had specified. Uh, the food in general, I have to say, is, is quite good, except for the fact that this morning, the muesli that they sent us, um, I'm pretty sure that you're not supposed to make muesli with whipped cream, but who knows? That's just me. I'm um, pretty sure your muesli is not supposed to taste like something you, you pick up at a carnival. Anyways, so dinner... Dinner is supposed to arrive at 6 to 6.30. It doesn't arrive until like closer to 7. And how I knew that it arrived was somebody rang the doorbell five times. It's almost like they're mad at me. They just rang the doorbell five times. Ding, 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 ding. And, uh, you know, I went, I went to the door. I opened and I saw that person walk away almost like in a huff. Almost like they were mad at me. Was is because I... Because I called them? I don't know. Anyways, anyways, I'm not going to complain about it again. Um, 
it's uh it is what it is just seven more days of this uh the good thing is you know if i order food for delivery uh, they're usually pretty quick to bring up the order on day five i broke and i had to i had to order some wine otherwise i was doing pretty good no alcohol for a while um so i ordered this really shitty bottle i don't i don't even want to tell you the name um it's, uh, it was not good. It was not good. You know, the tannins were, were shit. The nose was shit. It was a very shit forward. It was a shit forward wine. Um, but you know, the weekend's coming up, so I decided that I'm going to, um, reward myself. So I ordered a bit of cheese, board, ordered a nicer bottle of wine. I think it's like, this one's like $50 instead of like 20 um so so yeah looking forward to that but otherwise man quarantine life is uh, you know you're in a room 24 hours a day not much else to look at out the window uh, you gotta bring your vitamin d's man you gotta do it i've done this before i was in quarantine in taiwan uh, end of last year when I went to go see my family uh, that was my first kind of solo hotel quarantine this one I think is a little bit better I guess uh, you know work stuff is is a little a little busier this time around um, so so kind of there's more to take my mind off things and there's all the shows that I was able to watch. I watched um, Mayor of Easttown, which is a miniseries starring Kate Winslet as a small-town Pennsylvania police detective whose life basically unravels around her. It's a really, um, it's a really interesting look into um, kind of small-town life where you know everyone, you went to high school with everyone, and then these people end up doing, you know, shady shit. I can't really s say much more without giving it away. I'm not smooth like that. So I would just say definitely watch the show. Another show that I started to watch and I've already plowed through two seasons of is a show called Killing Eve. It's starring Sandra Oh as uh, as a lady named Eve who works for British intelligence. She becomes obsessed with this um, assassin named Villanelle, uh, which is just brilliantly portrayed by Jodie Comer. Um, and, and it's really about uh, Eve's pursuit of this assassin and their relationship at first kind of from afar and then they get kind of closer and closer in proximity. I won't give it away again um but uh it's a very inventive type of i would almost say like a love story it's uh, it's very stylish it's you know written by phoebe waller bridge who created fleabag which i've only seen a few episodes of but by all accounts she's brilliant um it's very stylish it's it's very it's very fashionable and it's actually pretty funny too and finally, I finished reading a book, believe it or not. I read like one book a year, so I want you guys to be really proud of me. 
I want you guys to really take in the magnitude of this news. I read this book. It was really easy to get through. Got through it within two days. It's called A Very Punchable Face, and it's written by Colin Jost, who is the co-head writer and co-anchor on Weekend Update for Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, or SNL, of course, is one of the you know most historic, uh, most lauded and respected variety shows in American history. Uh, it's been around for, I don't know, 45 seasons. And he is the latest in a series of really, really funny people that kind of helps string this whole whole thing together. So the book talks about his journey from being a, uh, you know, being not able to speak, not able to form words until he was like four years old to, um, you know, growing up in, in Staten Island, which is a pretty unique experience in and of itself, to going to Harvard. Uh, won't hold that against him. Harvard sucks. Um, and uh, how he got into comedy writing through the, the Harvard Lampoon. Um, and SNL is actually the first job that this guy has ever had, and he's been there for the last, what, 15-plus years. So imagine if you graduated school and you centered your entire career around this one company. Um, you know, you go in as you know a, a cog in the machine, to becoming a, a supervisor, to becoming near the helm of of this institution. Um, I found it interesting because it was a, it was a look inside a comedy career, and. It's, it's actually really difficult working at SNL. It's a really high-stress job, and you never know when you're going to get fired. Um, uh, you know, during, during the season, the, the show weeks leading up to the Saturday of the actual live show is uh, completely hectic, and you don't get a lot of sleep. Uh, you're under a ton of pressure, pressure to write jokes. Imagine that. Uh, so... You know, I mean, it, it almost kind of reminds me of what my friends tell me about a career in banking. And it seems like they party just as hard, too. You know, starting from the 70s with, uh, you know, with Jim Belushi and Chevy Chase, kind of the original Saturday Night Live crew, cocaine use was pretty rampant. I think it still is. Uh, a lot of heavy drinking during the week of the shows, and obviously after the shows, there's a, a few after parties it really sounds like the type of job that I would have loved to have up to like age 28 when when I really had to bow out of partying. Wait, no, that's a lie. I, I bowed out of partying in my early 30s. Um, but yeah, man, I can't even imagine that kind of lifestyle. But it does sound fun, though, to be able to um, constantly be with super funny people thinking of super funny things to do on live television. So anyways, pick up this book. I just want you I just want to read you one of the reviews of this book. So so this is it right at the front of the book. It's a quote from Larry David. Larry David, of course, one of the creators of Seinfeld, uh, creator of Curb Your Enthusiasm, a comedy guru. Uh, he says, I've always wanted to punch Colin Joe's face before I read this book. Now I just want to kick him in the balls. So yeah. Read the book.